Can I ask all you fellas a question? What? Do you have any kind of case against me? I mean evidence. Like any traces of anything on my mama's Tupperware or did you find any bomb making materials in her apartment? Or did you find some okay, book? Hey, hey. Richard, we don't need to no, volunteer. I'm going to say this. If I'm going to say anything, I walk in here and I look at the circle decal on your windows there, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I used to think that federal law enforcement was just about the highest calling a person could aspire to. And I'm not sure I think that anymore, you know, not after all this. I did my job that night, and some people are alive because of that. But do you think that the next time some security guard sees a suspicious package, that he or she's going to call it in? I doubt it. You know, because they're going to look at that and they're going to think, I don't want to be another Richard Jewel, so I'm just going to run. Does that make anybody any safer? Y'all can keep following me around some more and doing what you're doing. I couldn't stand it, but... I just know that every second you spend on me is time that you're not spending on the real guy who did it. And it's like Watson said, what? What happened when he... What happens when he does it again? <laughs> so, do you have anything you want to charge me with? Can you? Well... I think it's time to go. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. I open up with that scene from the movie Richard Jewell, because as we saw Monday night, we saw the uh, federal government, the federal government just go go to a new level of where they've never been before. You know, now they're now now we're in a uh, in a banana republic. The government comes in and does treats us like they want. We don't have any rights. If this can happen to uh, our former president. Donald Trump, it can happen to you. It'll cert and it'll happen to me. And you know, it's it's to me. I'm going to talk about this as my first subject uh, after I introduce myself. But it's just amazing to me to watch that. And if you've seen the movie Richard Jewell, you see uh, what they decided to do to Richard Jewell, the security guard who who noticed the bomb at Centennial Park during the Olympics in uh, in georgia and he got everybody away from it so it killed two people 
injured 112 people and it could have it could have been a lot lot worse and uh the fbi just decided like hey maybe this this guy who's who's uh the hero here for getting people away from it maybe he's the guy that put it down and they just basically destroyed this guy's life and uh you know this is a this is a this was a movie by clint eastwood and i think clint eastwood decided that this movie needed to be made um, because he could see what the power of the federal government and the media is. You put those two, two together and you can destroy anything you want to. You can, uh, you, can, you can just control the whole country. You can steal elections. You can do anything that you want. And remember, the government's supposed to be by the people, for the people, and of the people. And that's just not how it's turned in the last few years. So anyway, I used that uh, song. That song was Three Dog Night, uh, Liar, uh, for obvious reasons, because what we're seeing is not the truth any longer. So anyway, I'm going to talk about all this stuff, all the craziness. And, and specific, specific, while we're talking about lies, let's talk about last week when we were told how great the, uh, how great the economy is. We had 528,000 new jobs created in in july you know what that's a lie too you know and the the unemployment rate went down to three and a half percent and and the inflation rate stayed at eight and a half percent of course what we found out found out that was friday last week and of course monday we we learned that out of those five hundred twenty-eight thousand new jobs that were created three hundred and three thousand of them were part-time so that doesn't mean we had more people with jobs that means we had people with more jobs. Doesn't mean that the economy is getting better. It means that it's getting so expensive to live in this country that people need more than one job to pay their bills. So now they're taking part-time jobs. They're working all day at one job and taking a part-time job because they can't make it on one job. That's not improving the economy, folks. That's not, and that's and that's a lie. And of course, of course, you got the uh, sprig of broccoli in the in the in the White House and all his diverse air quotes diverse cabinet none of them have any brains none of them are competent but you know hey the the inflation didn't get any worse based on how they did the figures um it went from eight and a half percent of course it was 9.1 before so it depends on who you're listening to but they said hey inflation's down to zero just because inflation was eight and a half or 9.1 whatever the normal is and it didn't go up any worse that doesn't mean inflation went to zero and of course, you there's uh, clips out there where you can hear uh, the president saying it, people on PMS, NBC, and, and the Communist News Network saying it, and you even have the the vice president, uh, and she, and of course, she had to say it twice because she repeats everything twice. Inflation was zero last month. Wrong. That's how that's how stupid our government is, and that's how stupid they think you are if you listen to that stuff and buy it. But anyway, uh, we're going to go over everything that's going on this week. Uh, but before I do, let me introduce myself. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information about 
real estate or financing, but you don't want to talk on the phone, go to edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page. You can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back, and you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates who will help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Uh, if you hear some of the show that you want repeated or you missed part of it or you just didn't didn't uh, get to hear it on the times when it's on the radio, then go stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can listen to them on demand. You can also get the, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes where you can subscribe for free and have it download to your device once a week. I record on Friday mornings. It'll upload uh, to the to uh, SoundCloud or iTunes on uh, on Monday afternoon, and it'll download to your device shortly thereafter. And if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net, and I will see all those all those emails. So, uh, like I said before, I started Monday Monday night. The FBI raided Trump's private residence at Mar-a-Lago Resort in Florida, reportedly in search of classified materials that Trump took for, uh, with him. From his time as president, I'm looking at the TV right now, and apparently they have the search warrant, but they haven't quite released it yet. So by the time you've heard this, uh, probably will have been released. Um, so a raid on the on the former president's property by the Justice Department has never happened before in American history. But as we all know by now, the rules don't apply when it comes to this president. And you know what's uh, surprising? I had conversation with one of my uh, one of my friends who's uh, who's a retired veteran, and and we talked about this when all the Biden stuff came out and the and the and I said, you know, the, it's not a question of Joe Biden's connection to Ukraine. This goes all the way up to Obama. And do you think? And this is, of course, before the election. Say, do you think? They're going to go after Obama when all this stuff comes out. He goes, no, there's an unwritten law that you never go after former presidents. So that's why they haven't gone after Clinton or Hillary, and they won't go after Obama. Apparently, that's changed now. And apparently, and appa- apparently, this has been so outrageous that even some of these politically correct ladies that we see on TV, and I'm going to be say specific, Megan Kelly and Lisa Booth, uh, were posting uh, posting on the on social media. Words that start with F and words that start with BS and uh, and they weren't abbreviating them or using emojis. They were just flat out decided, hey, it's time to be unprofessional because this has gone to a fever pitch in the uh, and this is just not our country anymore. So uh, that's how that's how so many people were so angered about this. Here's the timeline of events leading to the raid, according to Fox News. January 2021, Trump departs the White House shortly before Biden is sworn in. He takes with him an undisclosed number of boxes containing what the Department of Justice claims are classified documents. So how did they know these were classified documents? And, why, and you know, you would think a president of the United States is leaving the White House. You'd think someone would just watch what they take. They wouldn't just let them, let them just unload things. And, uh, you know, similar, you know, somebody quits or you fire somebody at your company and you say, okay, clean out your desk. Um, you don't just let them go to their desk and start piling stuff in boxes and walking out. You keep an eye on them and see what they're taking. So you would think president of the United States leaving the white house would not be offended by that. And so they just say, let's just check your boxes, see what you're taking. And if there's big boxes and cases and cases of, of documents, they would just take a look through and make sure that he didn't take something he wasn't supposed to. And of course, when the, when the Clintons, 
When the Clintons left the White House, they left with $190,000 worth of furniture, paintings, china, flatware, rugs, TVs, uh, sofas, $190,000 worth. And of course, uh, after they were called on the carpet, they said, okay, well, we'll pay for, pay for $86,000 worth. And they, uh, and apparently they returned, um, they returned $28,000 worth and uh, everything's all good now. But according to my calculation, 86 plus 28 is 114. Let leave $76,000 worth of stuff they weren't supposed to take unaccounted for. If you stole $76,000 worth of stuff from your former employer, would they prosecute you? Well, not if your last name's Clinton, they wouldn't. And of course, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the, the irony of this is that they don't want to go after anybody unless it's, unless your last name's Trump. So sometime later in the year, the national archives and records administration or NARA, the agency tasked with preserving federal government records contacts, the Trump team, they inquire about missing information that may potentially be classified. January of this year, shortly after hearing from the from the NARA, uh, Trump returns 15 missing boxes of materials from his time in office. February, in a written response to the House Oversight Committee uh, in February, NARA Director David Ferriero, F-E-R-I-E-R-O, Ferriero, confirmed that Trump returned the boxes. And he said, quote, NARA had ongoing communications with the representatives of the former President Trump, which resulted in the transfer of 15 boxes to NARA in January. He also said they asked Trump representatives to continue the search for any additional presidential records that have not been transferred to NARA as required by the Presidential Records Act. Now the media is reporting that Trump only only returned the 15 boxes because NARA threatened to take them. Here's Fox's Mike Emanuel. The New York Times reports Mr. Trump delayed returning 15 boxes of material requested by officials with the National Archives for many months, only doing so when there became a threat of action of those boxes or documents uh, being taken. The Associated Press also reports the Justice Department has been investigating boxes of records containing classified information allegedly taken to Mar-a-Lago after President Trump's presidency concluded. So think about this. They're saying uh, that uh, they threatened the they that Nara threatened to take them, and that's why he returned them. So listen to the rest of this. But there are reports that some some of what has been seized is nowhere near classified. There's reportedly a list of about a hundred items. Here are the only th- things that we know from the list so far: the traditional presidential handoff letter from Obama to Trump, which Trump once called beautiful and so thoughtful. And we'll all remember that Obama was a great, great letter writer. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He was a he was a great letter reader. So we don't know who wrote this beautiful and thoughtful handoff letter, but probably one of his speechwriters. Uh, next thing in the list is a cocktail napkin. Oh, he took a cocktail napkin from the White House, a birthday dinner menu, and the closest thing to classified so far is Trump's private correspondence with Kim Jong-un, which Trump once called beautiful and great letters. These are the items that prompted the FBI to raid Melania's closet with guns drawn. Back to the timeline. This June, the Department of Justice officials traveled to Mar-a-Lago to meet with Trump's lawyers regarding the additional missing documents. Trump briefly stopped by during the negotiations to greet them. Wait, they're having a they're having the a meeting with the with the Trump people. Trump stopped by and said, "Hey, good to see you. Hope everything's going good." 
From June to August, the negotiations begin to break down, reportedly due to apparent lack of cooperation from Trump. It's unclear when negotiations completely stopped. Early August, also known as last week, federal investigators decide to pursue a search warrant to obtain whatever classified materials Trump may still possess. They don't have any idea what he has. They're on a, they're on a fishing expedition, kind of like uh, what they were doing with the Richard Jewell in the movie. They don't have any evidence, but they just think he looks like a good person to uh, to blame this on and destroy his life in the in the media. So they're getting a search warrant to obtain whatever Trump may still possess. August fifth, last Friday, the day I was recording the last weekend show. Prosecutors submit an affidavit requesting a search warrant. The warrant is approved by Bruce Reinhardt, a federal magistrate judge for the Southern District of Florida. Here's a fun fact about Bruce Reinhardt. As reported in Miami Herald and Politico, Reinhardt left his job as a federal prosecutor in 2008 to become a defense attorney representing employees of Jeffrey Epstein. According to those reports, the employees included pilots for Epstein, Epstein's scheduler, and a woman who had been described by some of Epstein's victims as his sex slave. That's not suspicious. No, that's that's the judge that approved this uh, the search warrant. Which brings us to Monday, August 8th, which was this Monday. FBI agents execute the raid and obtain an unknown number of documents from Trump's Mar-a-Lago home while he's in New York. And the morons in MSNBC immediately rejoiced. Tomorrow is the day when you're going to want to buy the physical copy of the newspaper. Because this is a night where you are going to remember where you were. Obviously, as big as biggest stakes as you can have. Perhaps the orange jumpsuit is for is forthcoming. If I were like Donald Trump's lawyer right now, and thank God I'm not, um, I would be advising my client to be telling my family, I am looking at jail time and we should you know, make plans accordingly. Yeah, of course, we remember 1986 when Geraldo said they found the secret vaults of Al Capone. I'm Geraldo Rivera, and you're about to witness a live television event. A massive concrete vault has been discovered. Some think it belonged to none other than the notorious Al Capone. Well, tonight, for the first time, that vault is going to be open live. Yeah, and we, of course, we all remember how that went, and of course, in, the, in Titanic in 1997. Uh, when they found the safe with no diamond in it off, off the ship, the Titanic. You know, boss, the same thing happened to Geraldo and his career never recovered. Yeah, so we don't know. Uh, we thought we thought uh, Rachel Maddow and all those CNN people, we CNN and PMSNBC people, we thought their careers were all, already over, but uh, maybe not, not yet. So maybe this will put the, put the uh, fork in it. Now, let's not forget who had real classified documents stored on their private property after leaving presidential administration position and losing their security clearance. Here's former Congressman Jason Chaffetz to remind us. I, I dealt with this. I was the chairman of the Oversight Committee. I did issue subpoenas on Hillary Clinton. At the time, she had no security clearance, none. And there were thousands of documents in her safe at her attorney. They had no security clearance. And you know what? Nobody was prosecuted. Nobody was raided. Nobody went in there in the dead of night. None of the media was give, given this. Then media, by and large, didn't even report it. Yeah, but we, he didn't uh, tell the whole story if you don't. If you don't remember, not only did she have uh, classified documents in her possession and they they took the hundred ninety thousand dollars worth of uh, belongings that weren't their belongings from the White House. Don't forget, they damaged they damaged all the keyboards of the computers in the White House by pulling all the W's off the keyboards. Uh, so George W. Bush wouldn't be able to put his W on there. 
uh, when he came into the White House. Not only that, but remember, she had her own private server. So the the State Department and the federal government has has a very very secure uh, encrypted computers so that classified documents can transfer to the people who should see classified documents without any chance that they'll be hacked and fall into the wrong hands. But Hillary Clinton decided she needed to have her own private server located in her residence or somewhere. And uh, and of course, you we see remember the pictures of her on her BlackBerry in the in the uh the federal plane so while she's flying around she's doing emails that can be uh hacked from somebody onto her private server and these are classified documents and of course when they subpoenaed all those things um they destroyed all the blackberries with with hammers and uh and they wiped their hard drives you mean you mean with with like with a towel no with acid where they acid washed the the actual hard drives to where nothing could be gotten off of them but did any of those things get a? Uh, did she get prosecuted for any of that? No. And of course, the the biggest part of if you if you watch social media now, now she's out there rubbing everybody's face in it because as Trump says, wait, what about Hillary's emails? They didn't do anything to they didn't do anything to her, and she t- she destroyed thirty three thousand emails, and she and she had a private server and all that stuff, and now Hillary's out there on the on the internet. Uh, selling hats that say, but her emails, you know what? At some point, at some point, she should have just shut the hell up. She should have just stayed quiet on this stuff because this is what makes the people mad. It's what makes me mad. It what should, what should make you mad. If this doesn't, if this doesn't anger you, you better check your pulse. You might be dead. So this is what's happening in this in this country, folks. This is not America anymore. This is not a government by the people of the people for the people. This is the this is the government that Biden and the and the evil people that are behind Biden, because I don't think a sprig of broccoli has enough brain cells to have thought this stuff up. I don't think the sprig of broccoli has enough brain cells to even know what time it is, what day it is, what country he's in, much less what room he's in in the White House. Uh where am I at? And as I and as I said before, um, Dan Bongino, Dan Bongino, uh, no, it wasn't Dan Bongino. It was uh, Sebastian Gorka said that he had Secret Service uh, friends that told him that when Biden goes to Delaware for the weekends, that he'll sit in front of his picture window at his house and just stare out at, stare out for two or three hours at a time. So this is the guy running the country, folks. Are you happy about that? I'm assuming that there's some Democrat people that listen to my show, too. And uh, you know what? I'm happy to take your emails at ed at hoffman.net so you can tell me how wrong I am about this stuff. But this is the kind of stuff that makes me mad, and it should make you mad. Um, I can remember Monday night seeing seeing this, and it's all anybody was talking about in the uh, terminals at the airport and on the plane. I was uh, I was wearing a shirt that said, I don't take I don't want to hear about gun control from a government that armed the Taliban. And you can't believe how many people were were compliment complimenting me on my shirt and starting political discussions with me on the plane and in the terminals. My wife's going, hey, you're not supposed to talk about politics here. Don't start those kind of conversations. I didn't start them. They just read my shirt, realized I'm a conservative and they started the conversations with me. 
So, you know, what? when the Democrats come on and say, hey, you know what, the polls are showing that the Republicans are losing are losing uh, in the polls and that there's that the Democrats are going to keep the House and the Senate. Don't buy that crap. Don't buy that because it's not true. There's going to be a red wave and and there's going to be a huge red wave because even the Democrats who say they're supporting supporting Biden for his reelection. They're lying. Because they said so last week, and then this week they said, oh, no, I support Biden. He's a great president. This is all BS. We're going to talk about that a little bit more after the break. But I'm all out of time for this half of the main event, so stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials, and I'll be back with lots, lots more. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name's Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending. I don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio, but I could spend hours and hours talking about it. But if, you, uh, if you're if you in the market to buy a new house, if you're in the market to refinance a house that you already have, if you're thinking about getting out of this state and going to uh, any other state, um, I'm licensed in almost, almost all the ones where everybody's going, um, including Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, New Mexico, Louisiana, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas. Did I say Tennessee already? Probably did. Uh, North Carolina, New Hampshire, Virginia, West Virginia, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana. Uh, Montana, where I'm actually broadcasting from this uh, this week. As uh, I needed to get out of California to uh, take the heat off my brain. Um, because it's just, uh, California is just a little too crazy. And since we have this house in Montana, it is just so America up here. So, uh, for those of you that are jealous, uh, come on up. So anyway, uh, let's talk about, so before the, before the, uh, break, we were talking about the raid on, uh, on, on Trump's Mar-a-Lago, uh, residents and all the, uh, all that that implies all that that means and uh, if it can happen to him, it can happen to you. It can happen to me. And uh, hopefully this this is, you know, the, the Democrats think that, oh, this is going to be the, uh, the, the, the nail in the coffin so that Trump can't run for president. I think this is going to be the thing that raises uh, the intensity on the election coming up in less than 90 days uh, for to take the House and the Senate back by the Republicans. And I think that's going to raise uh, Trump's. Um, it's going to raise the enthusiasm for people supporting Trump more than ever. And in my, in my opinion, I know a lot of people, a lot of you guys out there think, Hey, we should get DeSantis cause he's not. So uh, he doesn't anger everybody. I don't care if he angers everybody. We need someone who's strong. This is what I like about Trump in 2024. Uh, assuming that he stays as sharp as he is. Uh, Trump isn't beholden to anybody. He's not being taken, uh, taken bribes. He's already a billionaire. He doesn't need he doesn't need to to uh, to he doesn't need to pay back anybody who funded his funded his campaign. Um, Trump won't have to run for reelection because this will be his reelection. He won't have to worry about being reelected, so he can he can do what he needs to do. And um, we just need someone who's who's tough enough to make the changes that need to be made and not try to 
not try to be businesslike and and professional like every other Republican out there. And we can't seem to get anything done because the, the Democrats don't worry about that stuff. And they stay together and they band together and they make sure that they make sure that they get all the uh, all the headlines and all the media and the Republicans just stay professional. And in most people's eyes, uh, we just say the Republicans aren't doing anything. We need Trump in there and then let DeSantis come in and take 28 and 32 and let him continue it with someone who's uh, who's tough enough. I also posted on Facebook that I thought uh, Ben Carson might be a good running mate. I don't know how old Ben Carson is, but I just don't think I don't think if he served as vice president it would be a, a good uh, safety net if something happened to Trump. And I think he's a uh, I think he's a logical thinker and uh, and he's smart. And even though he's uh, he's soft spoken, I still think he's very strong, and uh, and I think he would be there to support Trump. While I don't really think his his wife uh, will support him running for president four years later, so I think uh, that would be hey that way DeSantis can stay as the governor of Florida, which is probably a more powerful position than being the vice president, and let him uh, let him step in. He'll be he'll be uh, termed out in 2024, and that gives him two years to campaign. Or I'm sorry, 2026. That gives him uh, two th- two years to campaign for 2028. Anyway, that's just my thinking, and uh, I'm I'm not hard hard set on that. I'm, that's just what I'm thinking. So some of you that saw my post and said, "Hey, here's a here's an idea. How about Ben Carson as his running mate?" Um, and you just say, "Why wouldn't you want DeSantis instead?" That's my reasoning. So let's talk about migrants arriving in New York. It's been four months since uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott started sending buses of migrants to Washington, D.C., and his office reports they have sent 6,100 migrants total. Now it's New York City's turn with Abbott sending buses to Manhattan this week so that New York politicians who care so much about migrants can have the opportunity to take care of them just like the border states do. One of those politicians is New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who's so proud of himself a few weeks ago when he announced that the city would welcome the migrants with open arms. It's not a moment of saying, hey, we got you, we caught you. No, this is a moment where our administration is saying to them, we got you. This is who we are as New Yorkers. We got you. We're going to provide the services you need. Yeah, he wasn't saying, we got you. He's saying, hey, we got you. Kind of like a scene from My Blue Heaven. I'm trying to tell you I'm with you. When I say I'm with you, I don't mean it like an expression, like I'm saying, I know what you mean. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, I hope that clears it up. So he didn't got you. He got you. All right. So, but now that more than 4,000 of them have arrived in the city, Mayor Adams is changing his tune by claiming the migrants were misled into getting on buses in New York. Like the Democrats misled us into uh, thinking that, uh, hey, these are families. We have to keep them together. And, oh, these are people seeking asylum. They're refugees from uh, from uh, tyrant uh, governments. And then, of course, we see we see the films. We don't see any women and we don't see any kids. We see a bunch of guys who say they're minors. Uh, they might say they're 17 or 16, but they look like they're 28 or 35. And you know what? Who's being misled? Welcome to New York. And we will help you get to where you need to go. The first bus arrived on Friday, marking the beginning of Texas Governor Abbott's push to send migrants to New York City. It's just a mean and cruel thing that he's doing. 
They were forced on the bus with uh, the understanding that they were going to other locations that they wanted to go to. And when they tried to explain, they were not allowed to do so. Yeah, they were forced on a bus. Hey, do we care? They weren't forced to come over the border. They just came. Hey, they came over the border illegally. They're not supposed to be here. And now we're forcing them on. They wanted to go somewhere else. Why do we care? Why do we care? Let's try Let's try caring about our, our citizens and not worrying about these illegal immigrants. So uh, Governor Abbott, Abbott says the migrants all signed waivers before boarding the buses and knew exactly where they were going. He also had this to say about Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams said that they welcome in uh, illegal immigrants. Uh, and now once they have to deal with the reality of it, uh, they're suddenly uh, flummoxed uh, and they cannot handle it. They are now getting a taste of what we're having to deal with. Yeah, it's kind of like say, hey, we should kick in money to take care of all these homeless people. We should welcome them in and we should put them up in hotels and wait, 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 wait. Now we need you to kick in. Oh, wait a minute. Me kick in? Well, we need some places to, to uh, we need some places for them to stay. And you've got two people in a three-bedroom house, so you must have at least one extra bedroom. So we're gonna put them in your house. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Oh, wait, you want to donate? You want me to write a check? No, not me. But the government should do that. Well, who do you think the government is? The government doesn't have any money, it's our money. Now Eric Adams is making threats like this. I already called all of my friends in uh, Texas and told them how to cast their vote. And uh, I am deeply contemplating taking a busload of New Yorkers uh, to go to Texas and do some good old fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to for the good of America, we have to get them out of office. Yeah. Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay to put a busload of New Yorkers to go down to Texas and do some old-fashioned door knocking, and they can have they're going to have Secret Service protection. And uh, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. Wait, wait, wait! You're trying to unseat a hero governor, a guy who's doing who's putting up the wall in Texas because the federal government won't. The guy who's trying to keep America safe by keeping the illegal immigrants out, and you're going to put in Beto O'Dork. Come on, man. You don't need, you're not even stupid enough to believe that. So let's go on. Let's go on to the next one. Let's go on to the next subject. Okay. Inflation Reduction Act. Let's give you an update on that. So it's obvious there are very few Democrats who want Joe Biden to run for a second term. One of the most one one thing most of them seem to agree with with Republicans on is that Biden has been an ineffective president on all fronts. And I think we can all agree with that. Here's Biden in the Rose Garden this week talking about the pro-China bill masquerading as a pro-America one, the CHIPS Act. Fresh off his COVID rebound, he can barely <coughs> get through his comments. We are better positioned than any, any other nation in the world to win the economic competition of the 21st century. <coughs> You're the reason why I'm so optimistic about the future of our country. You know, the CHIPS and Science Act supercharged our efforts to make semiconductors here in America. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Those tiny computer chips, smaller than a fingertip, that are the building blocks for a modern economy powering everything, from smartphones to dishwashers, automobiles. They power NASA's mission to the moon. <coughs> Federal research and development brought down the cost of making them. And then 
something happened. American manufacturing, the backbone of our economy, <coughs> was hollowed out. We let semiconductor manufacturing go overseas. And as a result, today, we barely produced 10% of the semiconductors, <coughs> excuse me, despite being the leader in chips design as well as research. This guy's going to make it two and a half more years? I don't think so. And uh, federal research, let's talk about what he said, not just the how he can't seem to get through a sentence. Federal research brought down the brought down the prices of, of producing these things. But somehow we stopped producing them in the United States. Something happened. What do you think something happened? Over regulation, over taxation, over everything in the United States, EPA standards. Why do you think we don't produce uh, uh, semiconductor chips in the United States? Is it because... Is it because we're not smart as people in China? Is it because um, I can't even think of any reasons. It's because it costs less to do it, to do business down there. And does that mean that, uh, that we couldn't do them anywhere near close? It's the problem is the EPA standards. It's the environmental stuff. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's the taxation. Our government wants to tax the hell out of corporations and people that are productive and that's why it's cheaper for Apple to build iPhones in China. That's why it's cheaper for all these semiconductor chips to be built down there because they don't have all, all the regulations that cost people. I made I uh, commented on uh, one of my one of my borrowers who has a farm in Temecula that grows avocados and grapefruit, and how she told me that hey, the North American Free Trade Agreement uh, basically screwed all the farmers in California because since California has so much. House has so much regulations on on pesticides and this and that and all the stuff that they have to do. They can they can they cost much more to produce avocados and and grapefruit than it does in in Mexico. So when the harvesting season stocks starts, they can't they can't harvest their fruit until I'm assuming like avocado is a fruit. Maybe it's a vegetable. They can't harvest their avocados until after Mexico sells out because Mexico's avocados are so much cheaper. So when they sell out of their crops, then we start harvesting ours, harvesting ours, and some of the fruit has fallen off. So you lose a bunch there because otherwise people won't buy, buy ours and our, and our avocados will just spoil while they're buying them cheaper from Mexico. It's the money. That's why, that's why, that's how the world works, folks. You know, if you, if you overregulate things, people won't do things here. So what has Biden done to make everything so so optimistic as he as he says he's gotten us into a recession a gasoline crisis and a supply chain nightmare he claims he's getting out of us out of international conflicts only to create new ones because of his terrible execution and even when he's getting democrats far left agendas passed it's never far far left enough for them that includes the inflation reduction act which both far the far right and the far left seem to agree this is a, is a disastrous proposition for the Americans. Here's Ted Cruz on how we're all going to pay thanks to this epic climate spending bill. All the Democrats say they're worried and want to low ga lower gas prices. They all just voted to raise gas taxes and to raise your price at the pump. This bill creates 87,000 new IRS agents. It doubles the size of the IRS. The Democrats are making the IRS bigger than the Pentagon, plus the Department of State, plus the FBI, plus the Border Patrol combined. The IRS is going to be bigger. Yep, it's going to be it's going to be bigger than than anything. And 87,000 new IRS agents. 
you've seen a lot a lot of people saying, why didn't they add 87,000 new Border Patrol? But 87,000 new IRS agents because they have to go after uh, corporations making over a billion dollars. Of course, think about this. At 87,000 IRS agents, there's only 784 billionaires in this country. And if they spent $80 billion to create 87,000 uh, new IRS agents, that means it's about $900,000 a year. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They, they, they clarified that some of this is going for, for uh, customer service, some of it's for this, some of it's for that. But when you take out all those numbers, it's still like $490,000 million, $490, a year for an IRS agent. Is that is that really what how we need to spend our money? And who do you think they're going to go after? So part of this bill, part of this bill, um, you know how how the everyone's saying, hey, no one under four hundred thousand dollars is going to be going to be affected by this. So there's a Republican senator, Mike Crapo from Idaho. Um, he introduced a, an amendment to this bill unsuccessfully to explicitly prevent the IRS from using additional enforcement funding on taxpayers who earn less than 400,000 and I'll and I'll underline and put in bold unsuccessfully so the democrats voted it down wait wait wait, wait. hey you know you guys want these 87,000 new IRS agents let's just put in this amendment that that prohibits this from being unleashed against people that make less than 400,000 like you guys say no 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 we don't want that in there we don't want to, want that in there. So that just proves it. That just proves that this is all BS. It's not going to affect anybody. It's going to affect everybody. And while I'm not a uh, while I'm not a proponent of of the thought that hey, rich people don't pay their fair share. I think rich people do pay their fair share. But here's some ideas. Instead of going after the corporations, why don't we make corporations? No such thing as a C corp. So there's no retained earnings in corporations and pass that all down to the owners of those corporations and they have to do it on the personal. So you don't have to worry about the corporations. Everybody has to claim their taxes on their personal. Then you just don't have to worry about the corporations. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Some of these corporations are owned by stockholders and the stockholders don't want to claim that, claim that income until it becomes capital gain. So it's cheaper or dividends or they, they want to do it when the once a year, they don't want to have to deal with the, with the having to file taxes on that stuff till they sell the stocks. So how does that, how do we fix that? I know. How about a national sales tax? Let's get to the IRS, get rid of the IRS completely. Let's make a national sales tax. Kind of like uh, uh, Herman Cain said, 9% national sales tax. Everybody pays 9%. Nobody gets to pay, has to pay 52%. Everybody pays 9%. Nobody gets to pay zero. Wait, but I don't have to pay nine percent on on my stuff. So California, our our sales our sales tax is eight or eight and a quarter. Let's just say it's eight. So now you'd pay seventeen percent. But remember, you take home your whole paycheck. Instead of taking seventy percent of your paycheck, you take home the whole thing. But then you pay when you buy things. Then you don't have to report your income. But when you buy stuff, if you make more money, you buy more things. You pay at that time. And look at all those IRS agents we get rid of. I don't know. That's just me thinking logically. And for the far left perspective, here's Bernie Sanders. At least he's at least he's being honest. I want to take a moment to say a few words about the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that we are debating uh, this evening. And I say so-called, uh, by the way, because according to the CBO, 
and other economic organizations who have studied this bill, it will in fact have a minimal impact on inflation. Or none. Or none. You know, you're seeing the Democrats are trying to trying to rearrange everything they possibly can to make it look like our economy is doing well. But like I say always, hey, listen to Fox. Listen to Newsmax. Listen to CNN. Leon, listen to PMS NBC. Read the newspapers. Read the internet. And then open your ears and open your eyes and say, hey, these are my life experiences. This is what I see at the grocery store. This is what happens when I go to fill up my 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 tank at the ga- at the gas station. Here's what's happening in my life. How much of this BS that we're hearing on on TV and on the internet and on Facebook and on uh, on uh, Twitter? How much of this stuff doesn't coincide with what I see in my own life? If it doesn't walk like a duck and it doesn't quack like a duck and it doesn't taste good with orange sauce, it's probably not a duck. And I say that because, you know, hey, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. But what we're seeing is it's not a question of what is real. It's what is not real. Anyway, keep your eyes open. Keep keep your brain clicked on. Let's talk about Nancy Pelosi. Uh, her days are numbered as a speaker, but as after 35 years in Congress, we're finally seeing just how corrupt San Francisco Nancy is. First, we've First, we've managed to avoid covering this every week until now. And we've all recently learned about the troubles of Paul Pelosi Sr., a.k.a. Mr. Nancy Pelosi. Last week, Paul Sr. was arraigned in Napa County Court on DUI charges stemming from an accident, which he caused on May 28th up in Napa County, uh, where there's uh, dark, dark roads and two lane roads going each way. And at 1215 or 1230 in the morning, uh, somebody witnessed an accident, called it in and then disappeared. Pelosi's attorney entered a plea of not guilty to both counts on her client's behalf. Pretty outrageous considering these details from the court documents. Both Pelosi's Porsche and the other driver's Jeep were totaled. They didn't have, it wasn't just a fender bender. They totaled them. Officers said Pelosi was unsteady on his feet. His speech was slurred and he had strong odor of alcoholic beverage emanating from his breath. He may not have had drugs in his system. He may or may not have had drugs in his system, depending on whether you believe the criminal complaint or his defense, uh, his defense attorney. And the fact that Pelosi tried getting out of the whole thing by showing officers uh, his donor card for CHP's 1199 Foundation charity. Uh, so I don't know. These uh, seem like he's guilty of something. And to some extent, there was special treatment because Napa County isn't charging Paul Pelosi with a felony. Can you walk us through the decision to charge Mr. Pelosi with a misdemeanor after you learned about the seriousness of the crash? We evaluated the matter, interviewed the victim, and compared it to other similarly situated cases. Uh, and the kinds of injuries that he presents, historically, we have filed those matters as misdemeanors, not as felonies. Yeah, I think they decided not to charge him with a felony because the uh, if he's charged with a felony, he might serve six years in jail. And we can't put Mrs. Nancy Pelosi, Mr. Nancy Pelosi in there in jail. But it gets better. As it turns out, Nancy Pelosi is no better than Joe Biden when it comes to using her position of power to enrich her family at the expense of American taxpayer. Enter Paul Pelosi Jr., Nancy's son. He's like Hunter Hunter Biden without the crack addiction, as far as we know. Thanks to Jesse Waters being one of the few people to take an interest on reporting on Pelosi's family, we learned that Paul Jr. flew to Asia last week with his mom. And just like Hunter Biden, 
Paul Jr. was unqualified son going there to do business. We won't go down a rabbit hole of all Paul Pelosi Jr.'s businesses this week. The New York Post is reporting there are at least five of them, all of them shady. What we can report is that Paul Jr. is very much into energy investments. He's heavily invested in Singapore energy sector. He's also on the payroll of two lithium mining companies. Asia just happens to be lithium gold, uh, lithium gold mine. One of Paul Jr.'s companies just struck an EV battery deal in South Korea, and Taiwan just happens to be the world leader in lithium battery production. So Paul Pelosi's uh, on the boards of and is president of one company that's cashing in on all this electric electric vehicle batteries. And while Pelosi's in, involved in the in the government and pushing this this climate change deal that's pushing more people to have to buy electric cars. As we all know, stops on Nancy and Paul Jr.'s trip included Japan, Singapore, South Korea, and of course, Taiwan. By the way, Paul, Paul Pelosi Jr. was not even on the official delegation list for the trip. Hmm. Why was he left off of that? You know, the manuscript saying everybody who's on that plane. When asked about her son's tagging along, Nancy Pelosi said this. There are some reports that your son was on this trip with you. Yes, was he was. He? And yes, he what was. was his role? His role was to be my escort. Um, usually uh, we, we invited spouses. Not all could come that I had him come, and I was very proud that he was there, and I'm did he thrilled, have, and it was nice for me. Did he have any business dealings while no, he was he there not. in Taiwan? Of course he did not. No, of course he didn't, just like uh, Hunter Biden didn't have any business deals in China or Russia or Ukraine when he went with his dad on Air Force Two when he was vice president. And of course, uh, and of course, when they were on the plane flying home or flying between countries, they didn't talk about any of those business dealings at all. Absolutely never, never talked about business between her and her son ever because she said they didn't. I'm satisfied. So anyway, hey, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. There's lots, lots more to that story. And I'll, I'll be continuing the coverage on that because there's lots more to hear. That's just, you know, so much, so much information and so little time. Anyway, thanks for listening to my hour of the main event this week. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week.